Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Sincast. I'm your host, Max One. Maximus Onesimus for short. And um, I'm going to be here chilling, dialoguing with the man Kwame. If you don't know Kwame, then you need to go back and do some checking. If you do know Kwame, then you're going to appreciate this. Kwame. Yeah, man. Here, I, uh, I hear some background noise. Please uh, don't mind the background noise. I'm actually out in the street. Oh, Hey, when did you fall in love with hip-hop, and what was it that made you fall in love in the first place? Hit us. Honestly, I was seven years old playing with Star Wars figures in my best friend's house, and Rapper's Delight came on the radio, and it's been a rap ever since. Like, I can remember it as if it happened yesterday. Word. Were you always an MC, or did you DJ, paint, dance? Come on now. See, my era coming up, you didn't pick and choose one thing. All the elements, the whole culture, you had to do everything it wasn't like oh i just rap so i used to break i used to write i used to rhyme i used to beatbox i used to dj and i did everything with the same amount of passion you know i was just hip-hop word how old were you when you inked up your first sheet of papyrus Uh. eight nine years old i don't know if i was writing them i think it was more freestyling and we'd be on the school bus or the lunchroom, and I would just be freestyling these rhymes. But then when I started taking it seriously, I would say 13, 14. Give us your favorite five-year blocks in the history of the hip-hop. <laughs> There's nothing like hearing rap for the very first time. 1979 to, say, 84. That five years was the greatest to me because that time, everything was brand new. Anything after that, you're trying to do what you know now. 85 to 91, that was the age of self-discovery for me. You know, this is me really loving rap and actually becoming a public figure and a contributor to the music that I love. Then, 91 to 95, I would consider a dark period in my life where gaining world notoriety for the music that I do and then losing it all and relearning myself when it comes to hip-hop. Then you got the 95 to 2000 block where it's re-emerging in the culture that I love. Who were the biggest influences on you as an MC? I didn't have a single influence. I had maybe four MCs that have influenced me equally. Flick Rick, Melly Mel, Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap. Biggest influences on you as a producer? Number one influence was not a hip-hop producer. Number one producing influence is Prince. Um, number one hip-hop influencing producer is Malcolm McLaren in the world-famous Supreme Team. Do you remember the first time that you heard yourself on the radio or you got the call that someone else had heard you on the radio? I remember vividly the very first time I heard myself on the radio. I was in my best friend at the time's apartment. Every Friday night, we listened to the Mr. Magic Rap Attack show on WBLS in New York. I don't think that first album was out yet, but the promo copies had gone out. And we were hoping to hear the first single on the radio, maybe or whatever. But as the night went on, we stopped hoping and we were just in a regular conversation. And in the background, a record off of my first album called You Got to Get Down played on the Rap Attack. And I've never had a feeling like that ever in my life to hear one of my records on my favorite show. We were one step from literally destroying his apartment. We lost our mind, like jumping up and down, 
screaming. The neighbors came like, what is going on in here? Nice. What about your MTV raps? Your MTV raps was never a big deal to us. In New York, there was a show called Video Music Box. It's been running in New York since 1982. And so the New York we saw our videos first on Video Music Box. There were so many firsts on Video Music Box. Your MTV raps looked like a cheap knockoff to us. It, we were definitely unimpressed. Kwame, I hope you can hang with us, but Perdo and me, we got to jump into some tracks. We're back and I'm building with the man Kwame. Let's talk again. What's your favorite Kwame album and why? I would like to say my first album, but looking back, I think I go with my last album, Incognito. Because Incognito to me was me going back. It was the record that no one really heard. I think if that record had the chance to have gotten heard at the time, um, it would have been greatly appreciated. What's your favorite Kwame song and why? Favorite song would definitely be Push the Panic Button on the first album because that record embodied who I was as a lyricist at the time. To me, it was about the beats and the rhymes and all of the lighter tone records were made to sell records. As a producer, what is your favorite piece of work to date? Um... It's weird. It's not a famous, it's not anything that like got real big. Um, a record that I did for an artist named Algebra, and it's a record called Can I Keep You. Dude, you've worked with a wide variety of artists. Who was the most fun to work with? Method Man. Who was the hardest to work with? Method Man. <laughs> You've been involved in just about every aspect of the industry. What do you enjoy the most? 100% sitting down with an artist, coming up with an idea, and making a great record. I love meeting and working with artists. I, I love it. Like, to the point I dream about it. That's how much I love it. Are there any MCs, producers, singers that you'd love to work with, but you have not yet had the chance to work with? Um, singers, I would love to work with Alicia Keys. Like, that's the top of my list. I would love to work with Alicia. Because I just think that the type of records that I know I would be able to make with her would embody all the things that I do. Can you pinpoint the key to your success and your longevity? I learned that you can't do everything at one time immediately. And when you do... The, the more you do and the quicker you do it, the quicker you burn out. So in saying that, when I was doing strictly being an artist, it was about being an artist, being as different as I possibly could be, having the most different style. And when you do stick to that, it soon becomes a fad. And then when that fad goes, you tend to go with it. So as a producer, I made it my, my business to never stick to the same style, never stick to the same format. You know, like when I did On Fire for Lloyd Banks, people thought I was going to be the next G-Unit producer. If you notice, I've never done a G-Unit record again. Matter of fact, there's a G-Unit record that I've done that's out right now that Tony Ayo put out called Candyman. I found out about that record two weeks ago when my friend said, I know you didn't approve this record. And then, and then I heard the, the Tony Ayo Candyman. I didn't dislike it at all, but it was a beat that I did five years ago that Yayo picked, never used, and finally put out. 
You know, he has a street video and everything to it. But it wasn't like, okay, I was pitching beats to G-Unit. And it's not like I wouldn't, but I, I didn't want to just rely on that success. And if you notice, a lot of producers that work with them, they rely on 50 picking another beat from them. Mm-hmm. And you'll never hear from them again. Right. Because they're sitting around waiting for 50 to put them back on. No, I'm not that guy. You know, and I made it a goal to work with any and everybody. Like, I don't dislike anybody to the point where I'm not going to work with them. And it's funny because I cannot be the biggest fan of theirs. And that will make me want to work with them more because my thing is make me make a record that, to make me like you. you know, because I think every artist deserves a good record. And, and that's always been my motto. What's next for you? in the immediate future. Immediate future. Uh, there's a single uh, featuring Beanie Man from this new um, R&B artist on, on Motown uh, named Yolanda Renee. Uh, I was real excited about it because it's more of a reggae vibe and I, didn't, I haven't had any reggae vibe records out like that and Beanie Man just totally tore the record down and you know so that I'm excited about and also I have um, an independent rapper that I've been working with for the past six years and I'm finally releasing his album his name is Beyond Belief what else? I co-founded a website called Geek Mode and one of the aspects of the website is targeting people celebrities or, or just different industry people or just regular people no matter what and, and interviewing them about the things that they geek out about like for me I'm a sneakerhead. I collect action figures I collect comic books like I geek out over that stuff like my studio looks like a toy museum that's how the, the idea of the website started you know whatever it is we have a website dedicated to people and their, their weird obsessions and collections and, and, and stuff like that would you describe yourself as a man of faith Definitely, 100%. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have some aspect of faith, I don't think I can do what I do. This in, this business is a faith-based business. It sounds weird, but it is. Like, when somebody wins an award, the first thing they do is they thank God. Right. When somebody, when somebody gets to the next level, the first thing they do is they thank God. When somebody wants to go to the next level and, and, and make it, the first thing they do is that, you know, God will, and I pray to God that blah, 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 blah. So, so, so technically it is a faith-based business, and you got to have faith in this business, or you're not going to, you'll never succeed. Because if you don't have faith, the odds of you not making it are more than you making it. So the only way people stay strong in this industry is to have faith. And for me, being in this game for 20 years, I got to have more faith than anybody I know because nobody is guaranteed that. Nobody is guaranteed a successful current 20-year career in music. I can't, I can't name too many people. I can't name, especially in hip-hop. Right. You're, you know, in hip-hop, you're based on an era. I'm on my third era. I may, I may be on my fourth or fifth era. When history looks back at you, Kwame, how would you like to be remembered? I don't know. Um, it's funny. I knew how I didn't want to be remembered, and I think that's part of the reason why I do what I do. I didn't want to be remembered as the quirky rapper from the 90s that had spots on his shirt. I totally appreciate that era. And without that era, I could not do what I do. But that does not define what I am. 
at the end of the day, the polka dots and that era may be the anchor, but when the body of work is shown, I want people to have the, oh, he did all that, oh, you know what I'm saying? Word. Do you think all the changes in the industry have been good or bad for the artists? Both. Um, good for artists because now there isn't the excuse of please listen to my demo anymore. You can put it out. Just put it out. Don't tell me about it. Don't send me no music. Just put it out. Let it right. rock. You don't have the barrier anymore. I hate the MC excuse. Dang, if I only can get a deal. Dang, if you go only put me on. I don't have to put you on. Put yourself on. Nobody put me on that didn't see me putting myself on. You know? How about the consumers? No, I don't think that the, value, the, the music industry did anything. I think what the music industry has done has mass marketed a culture to the point where it turned the culture into pop culture. Imagine if there was only one place in the world to get McDonald's french fries. Those french fries would taste so good. But now that you can get them anywhere, they may still be good, but it's not like it's the first thing you're thinking about anymore. You don't have to go out of your way for McDonald's at all. And that's right. how it is for hip-hop. And then people blame it on the industry, or they blame it on the internet, why record sales aren't, aren't selling. But it's really the fact that it's so much crap out there that the only things that are selling are what people want. Artists are so quick to put a record out. I got to put out a mixtape. I got to put out an album. I got to put out a double album. They cheapen themselves. And so now, years later, nobody wants to buy an album because they done got it for free all this time. Or they get so much of it, it's not worth anything. And then once you overexpose, you, de you devalue your product. And I think the industry has turned artists into overexposed products. Your favorite artist or album that your fans would be surprised to hear about? Fight. Word. Let's jump into some tunes. Yo, I'm resuming the Q&A session with my man Kwame. I hope you enjoyed those tracks, but I gotta get down to business. We're gonna get into what I like to call, er, Rakim, er, Karis one That's not fair. Rakim. Big Daddy Kane, er, Cool G Rap. Cool G Rap. Cool G Rap or Rakim? Cool G Rap. Cool Mo D or Cool G Rap? Cool G Rap. So you a big Cool G Rap fan? Yeah, yeah. Cristina Aguilera, er. Josh Stone. Christina Aguilera, okay. Isaac Hayes, er, Barry White. Isaac Hayes. Public Enemy, er, X-Clan. Public Enemy, all day. Phil Collins, er, Peter Gabriel. Oh, come on, man. Phil Collins. Das Effects, er, Fushnickens. Das Effects, all day. Chub Rock, er, Heavy D. Heavy. Adele, er, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. What about Prime Minister Pete Nice? Uh. MC Search. Search. MC Light. Uh. Lauren Hill. Lauren. Curtis Blow. Uh. Sugar Hill Gang. Curtis Blow. Buff or Dougie Fresh? Who? Buff from the Fat Boys. Oh, Dougie, Dougie. Word, word. Dana Dane. Err. Slick Rick. Shit, now you come on, man. Like, these are my boys, but 100% Rick. And Dana knows that, so don't worry about it. Stevie Wonder. Err. Marvin Gaye. Stevie. Elton John. Err. Billy Joe. Billy Joe. 100 million percent. Ice Cube. Err. The D.O.C. Ice Cube. Jackie Chan. Err. Jet Li. Jackie Chan because he's just real with it. Gracias. SNL or er, 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 Mad TV? SNL. I like your answers, dude. Oh! I mean, I don't agree with all of them, but I love them nonetheless. Is there any unreleased material by you as an artist? Put it this way. I have two albums. I have a pre-album I call that was the original recording of my first album with unreleased material that never made the album that I just acquired the master tapes to. And then I have a whole album I recorded in 96 that I think is better than everything that I've ever done. <laughs> Sound like you need to get out up on iTunes. 
Any plans to get back in the mic booth? I'm always recording. Okay, okay. If you had to give someone the recipe for Kwame, what would the ingredients be? Yeah, action figures, science. Like, pure science. You have to know science. Astronomy, which I guess is science. Um, music history, especially black music history. A dry sense of humor. And that's how you get me. Yeah. Go ahead and plug some sites. See what I'm saying? The main website will be kwamemusic.com, twitter.com, at Kwame Did It. The other business is The Geek Mode, and that's geek, G-E-E-K, mode, M-O-D-E, dot me. It was excellent building with you, Kwame. I appreciate you spending the time with us. I'm going to let you get back to business, and I'm going to get back to business. In conclusion, and in summary, I would like to direct you to the internet. 